Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how drugs like Ritalin actually make you focus, how tech companies are using lava lamps to make computers more secure, and why new life discovered at the bottom of the ocean opens up new possibilities for finding life on Mars. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Drugs like Ritalin and Adderall definitely help people focus on difficult projects and during long study sessions. But how exactly? That's something that scientists are only starting to understand. And now new research solves a piece of the puzzle. They may work by making the brain care more about the benefits than the costs of completing a difficult task. A group of Dutch researchers started with a simple question. Do these drugs improve performance by boosting the brain's ability to think or by boosting people's motivation to keep going? They knew the drugs led to higher levels of the neurotransmitter dopamine. They also knew dopamine motivates people to complete physical tasks. What they didn't know was whether dopamine could motivate cognitive tasks like writing a term paper. So they brought 50 young, healthy volunteers into the lab to figure it out. The researchers first measured each participant's dopamine levels, then had them take some memory tests that varied in difficulty. Next, participants took either a generic version of Ritalin, an antipsychotic that increases dopamine levels but in a different way from Ritalin, or a placebo. The researchers then let the participants choose which tests to repeat, for money this time. The harder the test, the more money they could earn. The results? Participants who started out with lower dopamine levels naturally were more likely to choose the easier tests, suggesting they were focused on avoiding situations that required hard thinking. In other words, they cared a lot about the potential costs of the harder tests. The opposite was true of participants with higher levels of dopamine. They were more focused on the amount of money they could earn. That focus on earnings was the same in people with naturally higher levels of dopamine and in people who had taken drugs to elevate it. The results show that drugs like Ritalin encourage focus by influencing the brain's system for making cost-benefit analyses. Dopamine helps regulate this system, and the natural variations in dopamine levels between people explain some of their differences in everyday behavior. People with lower natural levels of dopamine tend to be more risk-averse because they focus on the potential costs of a decision, while people with higher levels of dopamine might be more interested in high-risk opportunities because they're more focused on the potential rewards. But that's also why using these drugs without a prescription can be dangerous. It can throw off the brain's decision-making system. According to one of the researchers, quote, when you raise dopamine in someone who already has a high dopamine level, every decision seems like it has benefit, end quote. So avoid bad decisions by deciding not to abuse these drugs in the first place. What do decorative lamps from the 1960s have to do with cryptography? Well, you're about to find out on this week's Monday Math Mishaps with Matt Parker. Matt is a stand-up comedian, YouTube personality, and best-selling author with a new book called Humble Pie... P.I., when math goes wrong in the real world. Here's what Matt told us when we asked, why does a tech company in San Francisco have a wall full of lava lamps? Oh, this is great. So this is um, Cloudflare, who they use the lava lamps to generate random numbers. 
And if you walk into their lobby, like any kind of tech startup kind of company, you walk into the lobby and you're like, oh, what is it? Like, there's always like, there's like a, you know, a ping pong table and also like weird, you know, you're like, oh, what is all this stuff? And in this case, the random stuff was genuinely useful. So they have these lava lamps and like classic 70s lava lamps. They're, they're all like little tubes and they've got bits of wax going up and down in blobs. And that wax movement is incredibly unpredictable. Like the, the, it's all over the place and, and the physics and the mathematics to predict that is just impossible. So you, you can't tell in advance really where that wax is going to be at any point in the future. They have a whole wall of them and then they point a camera at them and you go, what are they doing? And they use the fluctuations in the images that this camera is taking as the beginning of the random numbers they need for the internet security that they provide. And so a lot of cryptography, you need a, a random seed or a random bit of data to make the code harder to crack. And if, if you're correctly random, much harder to crack code. If you're predictably random, which sounds like an oxymoron, but if you're random in a way that can be predicted, and this has happened before where companies like, uh, if people may not remember the old Netscape browser, that had a problem where it wasn't random enough. Uh, IBM have had issues with ways they've generated random numbers. People have cracked the system they're using. Because if you're using a computer to be random, at its heart, there's a bunch of rules. And you can get very close, very pseudo-random numbers coming out. But at the, at the basis, somewhere, there are rules doing it. And if someone can crack those, they can then crack your code. So uh, these guys were like, nah, we're gonna go absolutely random. And so they point a camera at lava lamps, they use that as the randomness, and there's no way you can crack the way those random numbers are being produced. This techie use of lava lamps is called Lava Rand, and it's actually been around for a while. It's covered under a US patent from 1996 that's titled Method for Seeding a Pseudo-Random Number Generator with a Cryptographic Hash of a Digitization of a Chaotic System. You can find links to learn more about Lava Rand and how Cloudflare specifically uses it in today's show notes, along with links to pick up Matt Parker's book, Humble Pie, When Math Goes Wrong in the Real World. Although, to be fair, I guess this story was more about math going right. Maybe today it's the segment itself that was the mishap. Scientists have discovered life in a very unlikely place, inside rocks buried deep beneath the ocean floor. And that could mean new and exciting possibilities for finding life on Mars. The ocean floor has a lot in common with Mars when you think about it. Humans have mapped both of them with some level of accuracy, but they're both still mostly unexplored. And that means that the possibility of making new discoveries on either one is downright tantalizing. In 2010, a team of researchers tried their hand at making some of these discoveries. They piloted a ship through the South Pacific Ocean and dropped anchor in several locations. At each location, they extended a six-kilometer or four-mile tube fitted with a drill all the way to the ocean floor. They drilled through 75 meters of mud, or about 250 feet, before hitting rock. Then they drilled another 40 meters or 130 feet through that. The whole time, the tube was sucking up the mud and rock like a straw. Once they had their samples, the researchers examined tiny cracks in the rock. These cracks are no more than a millimeter wide in most cases, and they're packed with clay, a lot like the clay you'd use for pottery. 
The researchers made thin slices of this clay and washed them with a dye that stains DNA. When they looked at their samples through a microscope, they saw all these orange clay tunnels that were absolutely packed with little green microbial specks. In other words, they found life inside the rocks. And not a little bit of life, but tons of it. In fact, they estimate the density of the microbes living in the clay to be somewhere around the same density as the microbes in the human gut. That's about 10 billion cells per cubic centimeter. Not only is it a surprise to find life at all in rocks buried so deep, but the fact that it's flourishing this much is super exciting. Basically, these microbes are living their best lives isolated in these little oases much farther down than we thought life could be. But how are these little microbes doing so well down there? Well, the researchers think that it's thanks to the fact that the clay is rich in nutrients and it's not being diluted by seawater. Even cooler, when it comes to water and nutrient availability, these undersea rocks may not be all that different from rocks under the surface of Mars. If life can thrive deep beneath the ocean floor, where else can it exist? Let's wrap up by recapping what we learned today. Well, drugs like Ritalin and Adderall work by changing your brain's dopamine levels, which impacts your cost-benefit analysis. I mean, Adderall's dangerous for a lot of reasons, but I never really thought of it as something that was dangerous because it made people make bad decisions. Like you would just take Adderall and then be like, man, I suddenly want to buy Crocs and, <laughs> <laughs> and, listen to, and listen to Creed. Hey, there is nothing wrong with Creed. What exactly is not wrong with Creed? <laughs> <laughs> See, that sentiment right there, I think that means that you should have been there on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. And we learned that random number generation is so difficult that tech companies are actually using lava lamps to generate randomness because the way they move is truly random. And we also learned that researchers found that life can thrive deep beneath the ocean floor in places where they didn't think it could thrive. And hey, maybe that means that life can thrive on Mars, too, in other places where they didn't think life could thrive. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, drilling deep beneath the surface of Mars and finding bacteria? I just, oh, I can't wrap my head around that. That would be amazing. And then do you think we would talk about it on this podcast? Yes. You can go with yes on the talking about finding life on Mars thing. Probably. We we would, you know, we'd have to we'd have to talk about it in in our pitch meetings and yeah. go over it. But maybe there's news about blue whales that we want to talk about instead. Who knows? Right. Maybe maybe there's a breaking news that Creed is getting back together. Yeah, right. Going on tour, you know. You know, I mean, you got to have your priorities. We certainly have those. Today's stories were written by Grant Curran and Cameron Duke and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.